0: For sure. There are plenty of other treats too. They have a whole dole pineapple menu.
1: Oh, fantastic. Probably pineapple shave ice, probably. <laughs> yeah,
0: or like pineapple chicken served in a pineapple. Like it is expansive. <laughs>
2: Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo Podcast. And on this evening's show, we are welcoming a guest from California to talk about Alani, so a West Coast-based episode for us. And so I want to start by welcoming Kate to the show. Kate, thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, we're really excited to chat with you. I will confess that we are scheduled to go to Aulani in August of this year of 2021.
2: It's sad that in this day and age, it's a confession. It's like you're committing a (laughs) sin. I'm getting on an airplane and I'm going to Hawaii. No,
1: that's not what I mean. I mean, I forgive
2: me, Mickey, for I have sinned. (laughs) No,
1: that's (laughs) that's not what I mean at all, Brian. What I mean is I confess that this is the point of this show is, is selfish to me. <laughs> <in that laughs> I wanted to talk about Alani and found Kate to talk about Alani because we're going to Alani in several months and I want to hear all about it and learn all about it before we go. So,
2: all right. Well, well your absolution is to eat two Dole Whips and a Mickey Pretzel. So, there you <laughs> go. So, right. <laughs> Kate, we like to start our shows with folks' Disney backgrounds. And so, do you want to tell folks what your connection is back to Disney, where your passion for Disney comes from?
0: Sure. So I have always loved Disney as a kid, but we never really lived close enough that we visited often. But I moved to Southern California to go to college in 2004, which was the 50th anniversary of Disneyland, and I got an annual pass for Christmas that year, and the the obsession began, you know, that I would go all the time. I even in college convinced a professor to reschedule finals because we received those after hours passes during year of a million dreams. (laughs) Luckily, she was also a Disney fan and was cool with it. But so we go pretty often. We live in Anaheim, very close to Disneyland within walking distance of the park. It's been very, very strange since COVID happened. This area of Anaheim, if you know it well, is normally bustling with people. And I mean, we can see the fireworks from our house. We can hear Fantasmic. So it's been a really quiet last 12 months. We um, then went on a Disney cruise, which was, you know, down the rabbit hole for us. We ended up buying Disney Vacation Club on that Disney cruise. Nice. And then going to Disney World a few times, and then Alani opened. Uh, We also, my husband Chad and I got married on a Disney cruise in Alaska. So we are pretty we have drank all the Kool-Aid. We are pretty hardcore Disney people. Yeah, and we try and go as often as we can. Alani is kind of our happy place. Hawaii, that culture is something that really appeals to us. So that's a little little bit about my Disney history. So how many cruises have
1: you been on now?
0: We have been on 4. We have been on one. The wonder was our cruise in Alaska that we got married on. We Mm -hmm. have been on two on the dream and one on the fantasy. And the only ship we have not sailed on is the magic. Hopefully things will be open and we'll be able to fix that sooner than later.
1: Yeah, we are exactly the same. We've been on the same three ships as you, although we haven't been to Alaska, but we have not been on the magic yet since the magic really, you know, does most of its sailing out of Europe and, and then, uh, some in the southeast as well. So so uh, we wanted to talk to you about Alani. Well, first, let me ask you, you are DVc. where where's your where's home for you?
0: We our home resorts are Animal Kingdom Lodge Kadani, Alani, and Grand Californian. Oh my gosh. so you had add-on itis. We head out on itis. <laughs> we own a live event production company in Southern California. So we work hard, play hard kind of mentality. When we're mm-hmm. home, there isn't a lot of vacation. So we need to actually leave. So it went from, you know, one week a year was enough to two weeks a year. And now we can pretty comfortably do between two and three weeks a year in a studio or a one bedroom at any of our home resorts, which is good for us. It gives us. Some nice, some nice breaks throughout the season. Yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting that you have Grand Cal since you're walking distance. So when we purchased those points, we lived further away. Uh-huh. And it's impossible to get a reservation pretty much unless you have that ability to book at the 11-month window. Mm-hmm. And so when we did it, it was totally selfish. And we just own a very, very small contract that was a, a Disney buyback. So we probably will end up getting rid of those points at this point sometime in the near future Mm -hmm. because we don't really need them anymore. But when we did it, it was the perfect staycation, you know, stay on property for a few days, be able to use magic hour, but all of that's sort of different now. Okay. So we're super excited
1: to talk to you about going to Aulani. So tell us, Kate, how many times have you been to Aulani?
0: I believe the trip we took this last November was number five for us. We try and make it at least once a year. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, living on the West Coast, it's perfect. As a Disney fan, you have Disneyland right here, and mm-hmm. you're pretty much split the difference, right between between Alani, Hawaii, and Disney World.
1: Yeah. So who's who's going on your Alani trips? Is this uh, you and your husband? Are there friends? Are there kids? Is there other family? Who's sort of in the normal the normal Alani trip?
0: So our normal group sort of fluctuates, always my husband and I, and then we normally have people who tag along for at least part of the vacation. This last trip, we took my parents, who are both retired. And we took a friend, uh, Jason, who lives close here with us. Sometimes we take other friends. Sometimes it's just the two of us.
1: Now I know that it's different right now because we're in COVID times. But but you did take a a trip to Elani pretty recently, around
0: Thanksgiving. Is that right? We did. Yeah, we were there the week before Thanksgiving, and we flew home on Thanksgiving Day. Actually,
1: I kind of want to hear about that and about the you know how the air travel and the COVID testing and all of that worked with going during COVID times. I know this isn't something that you would have had to deal with in pre-pandemic times, but talk to us about what that was like and what you had to do before uh, actually traveling to Hawaii.
0: Sure. So the state of Hawaii has set up a website that has all of the instructions for how to safely navigate getting to the islands. That currently, if you don't want to do a 14-day quarantine, includes a COVID test and that that needs to be by a partner that is on that website. So you can't just go to your neighborhood urgent care and get tested. That um, if you don't use one of the approved vendors, your test will be rejected. We chose to use Vault testing to uh, do our COVID tests. Vault is different than the majority of the partners on the Hawaii website because they are a at-home test that you mail back. We chose to do that because in our area we didn't have great options that could guarantee we were going to get our results back in a timely manner. So we received our tests from vault in the mail, you log on to the website when you can test, you have to test within 72 hours of your last departing flight to get to a Hawaiian island. So for us, it's a direct flight. So it's just our flight out of LAX. But if you're coming from the East Coast, you may have to time that based on wherever your layover is.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. That yeah. may make doing the at-home test kit a little bit more difficult and probably more likely to do one of the pharmacy or lab right. partners.
0: I if, if we had a Walgreens in our area that did the red dot testing, which is the same day result, it would have been the testing option I chose. Unfortunately, in California, that isn't something that's available to us.
1: Gotcha. Now in in Washington, we actually have a pharmacy chain called Bartels. They're they're actually being bought out by Rite Aid. Um, right, and they're soon. approved. Yep, and I know because I had looked at the website. One of our other friends locally went to not to Aulani, but to Hawaii around Thanksgiving as well, and and was telling me about the testing, and they were scheduling their testing through Bartels Pharmacy. So. Uh, there are some pharmacy options as well.
0: Totally, I would just recommend doing your homework. Like the the best option for you isn't going to necessarily be the same as the best option for somewhere someone else. It's going to depend on where you live, what's available to you, what you're comfortable with. One of the nice things about Vault is it's not a nose swab; it's a an a um, saliva test. So COVID, COVID testing, this what's the best option for you as an individual may not be the same as the best option for somebody else. Vault was a good choice for us because they could guarantee the results. It was also nice that it's not a nasal pharyngeal swab. It's a saliva test. So if you have mm. kids who need to test, somebody who offers that kind of option may be easier or less traumatic for them. but. Honestly, it really just comes down to do your homework, make sure whoever you use is on the Hawaii website, and that you can't leave unless you have that positive test that Hawaii won't accept you if you arrive without that uploaded. So it is an important part. And it was something we had to consider the, the concept that, you know, maybe one of our tests wouldn't come back. Or maybe one of us would, God forbid, test positive and just being prepared that, you know, those vacation plans might need to change or adjust.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. It is if you've got a positive test result, they're not letting you on the plane or if kind of- Or if your test result just doesn't come back in time, they're not letting you on that plane. And so maybe some kind of trip insurance. I'm not sure what would cover it, but just knowing that you might have to adjust. I wonder what the airlines... Did you fly on Alaska Airlines? We flew American. Okay. Did they have a policy about that, about what would happen to your airline tickets if you ended up testing COVID positive and had to reschedule?
0: I do not believe that they do have a specific policy. We're unusual in that my husband flies a lot for work. So Mm -hmm. we would get a little bit more leeway because of his status. Mm -hmm. This is a timeframe that I would highly suggest looking into trip insurance. And good trip insurance that you know something like this would be covered just to make sure you'd get your money back. Worst case scenario. When we went, the airline didn't care at all that you could get on whether you were, you know, they they didn't check to see if you had COVID test results. They only checked when you arrived in Hawaii. And there were some people who got pulled aside And it's one of those things that's hard because if you're moving there or repatriating to the state of Hawaii, it may be something where you don't test. And there are some situations where that is a possibility. So you just have to make sure like you are taking some amount of risk by getting on an airplane with a whole bunch of other strangers who you don't know. And that that's something that you have to be okay with right now and take every precaution you can. Hopefully, everybody else is being as respectful as you are.
1: Yeah, well, and you you've got to do the 14 day quarantine, or you're supposed to do the 14 day quarantine if you don't come in with a, te- a negative Correct. test result, right? Yeah, yeah, and they
0: do pull you aside and make sure that they know where you're going if you don't have your, you know, check off mm-hmm. that, that once you get your COVID test results, you do upload them back to that uh, state of Hawaii website, and you'll have a login and 24 hours or less before your flight, they also ask you to fill out a health questionnaire, which is just. Kind of like when you get on a cruise, you know that you haven't had any symptoms in a while, like diarrhea, nausea, those kinds of things haven't had a fever, and that you Mm -hmm. certify that that's accurate. And then they check that when you get to the airport. And honestly, it was a really easy process. You got off the plane, you walked through a thermal scanner, and then they just took you to a desk where somebody checked off that all your paperwork was in order and they sent you a baggage claim.
1: Okay, so you get to the airport. How is it that you get from the airport to the resort? This may sound like a silly question or a stupid question, but you know, people who are used to flying to Walt Disney World are used to the magic magical express, although they shouldn't be soon because it's ending yeah. real real soon. But what's the transportation situation from the airport in which is over by Honolulu to the resort over on Koalina?
0: Yeah, so Alani is actually a pretty far distance from Honolulu International Airport, Oahu's small so far as relative. We're talking it's 20-30 minutes in the car, but there is no free shuttle like there is at Disney World. So you have a couple of options. The hotel will arrange a shuttle for you. It's paid and it's through a third party. You do get a DVC discount for that as well. But we choose to rent a car. You could also Lyft or Uber, but that may be cost prohibitive based on the distance and how many are in your party. Mm. So we rent a car. I typically use DiscountHawaiianRentalCar.com or DiscountHawaiiRentalCar.com. And it's just a website sort of like Travelocity or orbits or something like that, that it lets you see all of the different Hawaiian rental car places at mm-hmm. Honolulu Airport at the same time and allows you to sort of price shop those things. So we prefer Alamo if we can get it because there is an Alamo desk at Alani. The upside to that is if something happens with your car or you have an issue, they're able to swap you out.
1: Yeah, that's really helpful. Now, for those of us who are not used to renting a car at Disney World or even Disneyland, I'd say, you know, I know a lot more people rent a car for Disneyland because there's other things you might want to see. Why why renting a car for you versus taking Uber Lyft or the, you know, or the pay for shuttle?
0: We really enjoy getting to explore Oahu. That Alani is beautiful and a great place to hang out, but Oahu offers so much interesting food culture and history and hiking and museums and art exhibits and gardens and just all of this stuff that if you just stay in coal and as beautiful as it is, you'd never see any of those other things. So I would mm-hmm. highly recommend renting a car. Even if you decide you know you're going for 10 days and maybe a car the whole time is too much, I would recommend looking into renting one from the on-site rental place. Mm -hmm. And checking it out for a couple of days, you know, seeing what else there is to do. Well, that's
1: cool. I didn't realize there's an on site car rental.
0: Yeah, they are closed right now during COVID, but. Hopefully open again
1: soon. So let's talk about rooms. What are the different room options? And and I know this might be limited by what room options you have done, but what are your considerations of picking a room, your D V C. So, you know, when we think about DVC rooms, we think about studio, one bedroom, two bedroom. What are what are we looking at when we're talking about Alani?
0: Right, so it's pretty similar. For DVC, they do have, just like everybody else, you know, studio, one bedroom, two bedroom, two bedroom lock off, and grand villas. They also do have some standard hotel rooms on property and some standard hotel room suites. We've never experienced those because we use our points when we go. Uh, we have sort of run the gamut of everything because we do end up the only thing we haven't stayed in is a grand villa and it's on our bucket list. It's just <laughs> a lot of points. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. It would be super fun. We want to take all of our extended family and go, but it'd be one of those things where we would have to bank and borrow and still probably figure some stuff out. But so yeah, we normally choose to stay in a one bedroom when we go to Alani. Are there different views that you can get? As are there like some you know, like we
1: see at some of the resorts at Disney World or Disneyland, where you might have like a view of the parking garage, right, versus a view of the pool or the lazy river. Are there more preferred views that you like to get?
0: There are, and there are more view categories than most other DVC properties. So you have that standard view, which. Some of them are pretty decent still and some of them are like the view of the top of the convention center area. (laughs) And then you have a pool and garden view which is on that inside loop that overviews the pool and it's the first five floors. Mm. And then you have... Ocean view is the rest of the inside of the two towers all the way up to floor 16. And then the outside towers are either going to be there are a few ocean view rooms on the corner, or you have what's called island garden view. And that would honestly be my preferred category. It's relatively inexpensive. It's technically Mm -hmm. only the second category up from a value view room. And you can get a lot of bang for your buck, particularly if you're willing to call in a room request. That oh. there, there are some rooms in Ewa Tower, which is if you're looking at a map, it's the tower that's on the left. And there are some rooms that they both overlook the lawn where they do uh, movies and the luau. But they also, if you get the right room numbers, are a partial ocean view without having to spend that ocean view money. Ooh! So after the show, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> ask you for some of those room numbers. Yeah, I can tell you.
1: <laughs> Perfect.
2: So, Kate, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit what the check-in process is like at Elani right now. You drive up and. What happens?
0: Sure. The check-in is slightly different right now. Something that is a bit of a downside is they used to give you lays, welcome lays when you arrived. Mm. That is discontinued right now during COVID. They are hoping to bring it back, but that they currently are not doing it. But otherwise, the only difference is really that you're going to need to show that state of Hawaii website again with all of that information showing that you are COVID negative and all the, you know, that you have that check mark good to go, that you've done all the due diligence so they don't have to quarantine you past that then you're then you're good to go
1: and I assume uh, everybody's wearing masks on site meeting all the staff and then all the guests wearing masks other than when you're eating or at the pools is that right
0: correct so you need to be wearing a mask and cast members will remind you if you are not, The only exceptions to that rule are if you are seated and eating. They are doing photos again with Mickey and friends in the luau lawn. And they are up on the stage. So they are socially distanced. The photographers will allow you to take your mask off to take the photo. And Mm -hmm. then you have to put your mask right back on before moving away. And the other one is when you're swimming in the pool or down at the beach. And that the rules for that are, are the place where it is sort of more gray area because obviously you need to leave your mask on your beach chair. So you will see people in the pool area walking around without their masks on, but mm-hmm. that most people are really going to whatever their water destination is.
1: So let's, before we talk activities, let's talk food a little bit. And I want to talk food first on site. And I want to talk on site stuff first. And then I do want to talk to you a little bit about what, what else is in the area as far as food and activities. So restaurants on site, and let's talk about that, but also what's open versus what is normally open, right? Sure. In uh, you've been there five times, four of which were pre-COVID and one time during COVID. So I'm sure there's differences.
0: So right now, Ama Ama is the big closure. That Ama Ama would be considered a signature dining experience if we're talking for people who are Walt Disney World familiar. Mm -hmm. And it is the restaurant that is right out on the very edge of the facility. And it overlooks the entire lagoon and the sunsets are beautiful. And they normally serve breakfast, lunch and dinner. Right now, they're not open at all. They are doing some renovation to that facility right now while they are closed. And they do intend to reopen, but there is no timeline for that as far as I am aware. Um, Mahiki, which is normally the buffet restaurant, opened again while we were there. We were unable to get a reservation. But the difference is it's not a buffet right now. It's currently more of a like three-course dinner that you pick You know your appetizer, your entree, your dessert off of a set menu. Is it family? style or individual? It's then, individual in currently, but I would I would assume they're hoping to get that back to something more normal or maybe something that looks a little bit more like Garden Grill and Epcot because it typically is the character dining experience, which isn't happening currently. So those are the only two sit down options for, for full meals. You then have Ulu Cafe, which is the quick service and it has really good pizza. And pretty good breakfast and pretty good variety. They also do things like poke bowls in the afternoon. And it is over by the adult-only pool normally. That pool currently isn't adult only during COVID, but it normally is. And that would be where the refillable mug stations are normally as well. But that is something else that is currently not available during COVID.
1: So do you have to go, let's say, do you buy a refillable cup and they'll refill it for you? Or can you not buy a refillable cup right now you at all? You can't buy
0: a refillable cup right now at all. So it's just standard paper cups currently.
1: That makes sense because they don't want to have to handle your cup with your germs on it and and put it next to the machine and whatnot. It's, and all uh, the
0: self-service machines are, have been covered over. So you can't, you just order your Coke and they bring it, you know, and set it down for
2: you. And Kate, what's the food like at Aulani? I've heard good things about food off site. Is the food on site better, comparable? What, what are your thoughts?
0: Sure. Yeah. I, I would say honestly, probably food at Aulani is not bad, but it's one of the places they could do better. But there are some great options walking distance from the hotel. That Monkey Pod, which is directly across the street in the small shopping center, is one of our favorites. We were really lucky. It reopened the day after we got there on our trip during COVID. They have live music. They have a big outdoor seating area. It's a two-story restaurant. Both floors open completely to the outside. And that they have really good variety of food. And their whole concept is that everything is sort of farm to table. So they really focus on things that they can grow there. Like they have a really fantastic corn chowder. They normally have these amazing pot stickers. They're not on the menu right now during COVID. And the coconut cream pie there is the best I've ever had. Ooh, (laughs) that all sounds good. I'm looking
1: it up on my phone as we speak. (laughs) They also have fantastic craft cocktails. The best Mai
0: Tai. And is this place, is it kid-friendly? totally kid-friendly, super casual. They have started having live music again a couple nights a week, which is really fun and features local artists, people who live in the area. There are also some other restaurants in that parking lot. There's a Mexican food place. There's a place that serves pizza as well. There's an awesome little coffee shop that is a local chain, um, Island Vintage Coffee. That's a great stop for breakfast and a latte. It does get real busy in the mornings though, especially when the Four Seasons is open. Right now, it's not currently. So there's a little less traffic.
1: So there's a Four Seasons and a Marriott nearby, right?
0: Correct. There's a Four Seasons and that shares the Cove with Mm Alani. It's currently undergoing a renovation and they intend to open later. They have some pretty fantastic restaurants when they are open. They have an insane brunch buffet that we really were looking forward to trying and then COVID happened and they weren't open. And then there also is a Marriott, which is a couple of coves down and they have some restaurants in them as well. They have a burger joint in their pool area and a steakhouse.
2: Well, since we're talking Alani, we're also talking a DVC resort. So a lot of these rooms are going to have kitchens in them. Do you use the kitchen much, Kate, while you guys are on vacation?
0: Yeah. So we normally do get a one bedroom because we enjoy cooking a little bit while we're on vacation. We still go out and get waited on some. But there is the exit before you get into and where Alani is, is Kapolei. And there is a Safeway and a Foodland and a Target and a big Costco. And so there's plenty of places there to grab food, you know, grab some beers to enjoy on the patio in the evenings, you know, breakfast stuff for in the morning. So we normally do that. There are also barbecue grills, way nicer ones than any other DVC resort at Alani, like full gas ones that normally are open. They are closed during COVID.
2: Well, Kate, let's talk about pools and access to the beach and other kinds of amenities around the resort? Uh, what thoughts do you have there?
0: Yeah, the pools and the beach are beautiful. The beach is awesome for kids or people who aren't super strong swimmers because it does have like an artificial break that was built into it. It's not large waves ever, which is nice. It means it's a great place. I learned to stand up paddleboard a few trips ago. Which is harder than it looks. <laughs> it
1: looks hard to me, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> <It's hard. laughs>
0: it is hard, and you get very tired very quickly. Um, there's also other beach rentals. You can rent kayaks. You can, you know, rent. They um, will give you beach toys, like sand toys or a uh, boogie board until they run out. They have those for free. But there's oh, nice. all sorts of other stuff you can rent. And the beach is lovely. The pools, the lazy river is fantastic. There are also two water slides and just a lot of. Cool chill pool area that you can just hang out and a bunch of hot tubs as well. The adult only hot tub is one of our favorite places. It's really well positioned for a sunset dip. Oh, I've seen dinner. the pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I've seen the pictures of that. It's like very, it's like a large round. It's double-deckered. Um, yeah. It looks yeah. amazing. It looks so really good. amazing. Now at the beach, do, so do you have to you know, bring your own towels or beach chairs? Or how, how does that work? Because I know the beach is technically a public beach, right? So uh, so people who are not staying at the resorts, either the Four Seasons or Alani, can actually come in and use the same beach. Is that right. right?
0: So no beaches in Hawaii are able to be made private. So Alani does have chairs on the beach in a section that the state allows them to use. So you don't need to worry about bringing a chair. You don't need to worry about a towel. You can grab one up at the pool area and bring It down there. The pool servers will bring you a drink or, you know, a snack down at the beach, just like they would at the pool. And then the beach shack is there too to rent equipment, have things to do. There's a towel drop off down there and a small, you know, shower, one of the pool showers to rinse off before you go back up. So everything is handled. But there will be people. There will be people who are just, you know, enjoying their Saturday out there on the other half of the beach.
1: Have you done the snorkeling? I know there's that Rainbow Reef Lagoon that is the man-made snorkeling spot for Alani. Have you guys done that?
0: We haven't done it. It looks super cool. It is open right now. You can also go, there is a whole viewing area where you can just see underneath the water without paying to do it. Snorkeling makes me kind of claustrophobic. So it's not high on my list of things to do. But if you, it's a great option if you have kids because it's stocked, you know, that you're definitely going to see fish.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I I, I
1: actually really love snorkeling. Our son is not a full swimmer yet, but I think he would like to see the fish. And so that's kind of a that would be cool for that, that view. Yeah. So tell us about the the lazy river. I'm I'm interested to hear what it's like. I don't know if you've been to Las Vegas, but you know there's a few big lazy rivers in Las Vegas that I can think of off the top of my head. Are are we talking about a lazy river sort of at, at that level? Is, it's
0: a relatively it's a relatively large lazy river with very little rapids. It's pretty slow moving. There are some you know jets and fountains that will squirt you. There's a waterfall. It kind of reminds me of the lazy river at typhoon lagoon a little bit and that the tandem and single raft slide dumps you directly out into the lazy river so you can take a little cruise down and then float around until you're ready to get out oh that's cool i didn't realize that one of the slides was a raft
1: slide rather than just a, a body slide
0: yeah one is a body slide and the other is a raft slide So let's talk a little bit about
1: the other kinds of activities, non-water activities, now that we've hit some of the the water activities. What are the things that you can do on-site at Alani?
0: Sure. So there are a few. Um, my personal favorite is the spa, which unfortunately is closed right now. But if you love being pampered, it is the best spa I have ever been to. It includes this wonderful outside garden that you get to relax in before and after your treatment that has hot tubs and rain showers and soaking pools and is just so tranquil and lovely.
1: Oh, that sounds amazing! Does it rival the like the rainforest rooms on the ships?
0: Yeah, I would say better. It it is. It's it's paradise.
1: Oh, I'm very jealous. (laughs) Maybe it'll be open by August. We'll see. Cross your
0: fingers. I would. I I was bummed. It was the thing. I was the saddest that it wasn't going to be open while we were there in November.
1: So you said there were some character greetings. Uh, there who, are. Who can you who can you meet? I know it's like you said it's socially distanced, but who who can you actually see or get your picture taken with?
0: Totally. So the Fab Five are there. You also will run into Stitch and Moana potentially, and those are sort of the regular rotation. Sometimes there'll be weird things that pop up, but Alani is really focused less on the Disney and more on the Hawaiian culture. So it has Disney touches and you're going to see the characters and Disney music will play, but Hawaiian versions in the elevator when you go up and down. But it really is a celebration of all things Hawaii, not just all things Disney. So when you go, go into your hotel room at Aulani, other than some hidden Mickeys, the only real Disney thing in the room is a Mickey Mouse playing the ukulele lamp in the bedroom. (laughs)
1: I kind of love that though. I love understated. I mean, we, we, we own at Riviera and Riviera is also, uh, well, there are some character touches, but I would say it's, it's certainly more understated than like pop or something. Right. So there's, but I, I kind of, I love the little bit of Disney whimsy, but still a classic refined hotel. (laughs) Well,
0: I, I appreciate that it's a celebration of where it is not a celebration of disney opening another property it has all that disney you know magic and refinement and detail oriented insanity but that it shows you a lot about where you are which is so special cuz for a lot of people hawaii might be a once in a lifetime trip and so it's so nice to to actually experience what that culture is cuz it is so different from mainland united states
1: So let's talk about some of the Hawaii-focused activities on site. I've looked at the website. It sounds like there's a lot. Can you talk about some of the ones that maybe you've done?
0: Sure. So my dad and husband took ukulele lessons a few trips ago while we were there pre-COVID. I don't believe they're doing them right now, but that they had a blast and learned to play a couple songs. We ended up going to the swap meet, uh, the Aloha swap meet over by Pearl Harbor. My dad ended up buying a ukulele to take home. That's how much fun he had. But you also can make really fun Mickey ears that have, you know, Polynesian flowers and light up. Um, there's also a really fun storytelling area near the fire pit that Uncle, who is one of the... He's a Disney character that is made up for Alani. He's part of Alani's story and that he um, tells stories about Hawaiian culture or, you know, he tells fairy tales... That like we would listen, you know, Hans and Gretel, but he tells what they would have told their kids as as Hawaiians growing up.
1: Oh, fun. So like local folk, folk tales, really.
0: Yeah, those local stories that really resonate and also sort of teach you something about where you are. And then Alani also has a traditional luau that is not going during COVID, but... It's fun and cute and doesn't require you to go anywhere. And they have activities for that. So, you know, you'll make traditional stamp prints. You can learn to make a lei or, you know, a flower bracelet and sort of interact with all those performers before the show starts.
1: It oh, sounds so nice. I was also reading that they have a lot of local musical entertainment. Like it'll usually, you know, one or two people, like somebody singing and somebody playing a guitar or a ukulele or something. Is that still happening?
0: It is. It is. We were really excited to see that that was still happening. It happens mostly in there are two bars off the hook and the Olelo room. And it happens in the evenings. And it's so lovely. If you're on the inside of those buildings, you can sit on your balcony and listen to that music just sort of float up through the whole property in the evenings. Oh, lovely. Or it's a great spot to go down and have. They serve appetizers and small plates and fantastic drinks, and they're kid friendly too. You know, they'll bring the kiddos a, you know, version pina colada while mom and dad have a little relaxation.
1: Love it. Maybe some French fries. <laughs> yeah, a
0: little French fries and chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And um, I also saw there's some kind of fish feeding activity. Have you done that? I have not done the fish feeding, but it is it is the fish in Rainbow Reef.
1: That looked fun. I actually think that would be something that our son would enjoy. Just low key. You don't have to get into the water, but just uh, feeding the fish and getting to getting to view lots of different colorful fish. So that looked like a fun thing to do.
2: So, Kate, I'm curious, what's the advance planning like for an Aulani vacation? I mean, Walt Disney World is a lot of work. I'm assuming Aulani is far less. But what is the advance planning like for you know folks heading to Aulani?
0: I think less then probably a Disney World vacation for sure. But that if you have your heart set on doing some things, I would suggest planning them in in advance. The spa is for sure one of those things. If you want to go, you should book ahead of time or at the very least when you arrive for later in your trip. Same for dining is it's not crazy. But if you you know want a table on the water at Ama Ama when they're reopened at sunset, that's something you should be booking before you leave to make sure it happens. Kids club, you can't book in advance. It's not open right now during COVID. But that's a uh, mom or dad need to be downstairs first thing in the morning to sign kiddos up every morning.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, but the other activities you can book in advance like the t-shirts and things like that that are in the community room, you can book those ahead of time as well. I think they're less important to do so though, that they typically have space. The other thing is cabanas. If you want a cabana, you need to book that in advance. We actually did that this last trip. We were flying home on Thanksgiving Day, but we weren't flying home until 9:30 at night. And so there the airport actually closes in the middle of the day there because there are no midday flights. So you can't check in and there's nothing to do in the airport right now anyway, because everything's closed. So we decided we would stay on property. But the showers and sort of community area for people who have late checkouts is not open at Alani right now. So we needed to figure out some place to home base during the day and something to do. So we rented a cabana. We actually rented an executive lanai, which are over by Ama Ama. They have a little less amenities than a cabana. They don't have a TV or a safe in them. But it was a nice... Um, sort of trade off for us. It allowed us to have space to chill and spend the day and have somebody bring drinks and towels when we needed them and just relax. We managed to luck into that early in the trip for our last day. But if it's something that's important to you, I would highly recommend booking in advance because it was the only one left.
1: Do you know how far in advance you can book things like dining or spa or cabanas? Like, are these things you can book months in advance or do they open up? Is there sort of a window that opens up a month or something like that?
0: Normally it's 60 days, but I believe it's less right now during COVID. It may be as short as 30.
1: So that's a good thing to research because you know, when you're, when you're thinking like Brian said, when you're thinking about advanced dining reservations at Disney world, if you want something like Cinderella's table, or it sounds like Amma Amma's, uh, a hot commodity is something you want to plan up front as opposed to one of the other restaurants or the fast casual where you either don't need a reservation or you're not going to have to worry too much about getting in. For Alani, right now, the, the, the sit-down restaurants that are open, are those ones that you need reservations for or those kind of walk-in?
0: Mahiki is the only one that is open that is Full service sit down, and that they would request you make reservations.
1: Good to know. These are great tips for us for August. And it sounds like the the other restaurants to to hit are for sure Monkey Pod across the street, and uh, and maybe some of the the ones at Marriott or Four Seasons if the Four Seasons is open. Yeah, and
0: Hawaii has a ton of other good food. Oahu is full of great places to eat. I
1: want to let's talk actually that's I want to talk about not specific excursions that you could book through Disney, but just activities on Oahu. So let's let's talk next, Kate, about what kinds of activities on Oahu are ones that either you need to make a one time visit to or places you maybe go every time you're you're down there.
0: Sure. So I would say Pearl Harbor is potentially a one time visit that. It's really, really interesting and very cool. And you can make a reservation to make sure you get a spot to go out to the Arizona Memorial on the boat. Those are really short ahead of time. As much as if you show up first thing in the morning, you can typically get same day ones for later in the day, or you can get them the night before through the recreation.gov site for Pearl Harbor. But it's very neat. They have a very well done museum that talks you through the history of what happened. And it's very neat, particularly if you do the um, USS Missouri tour as well, which is in the harbor there, because you are both in the place where World War II started and in the place where it ended because the treaty to make peace was signed on that ship elsewhere. But now it is here in in that place. And the audio tour was 100% worth it. It was maybe five or six extra dollars per person. And very, very cool. But I would say for most people, it's probably not a repeat visit spot. I would say the same for the Dole pineapple plantation, that unless pineapples are your favorite food in the entire world, super fun, very cute, pineapple maize, pineapple train, all the Dole Whip you can consume. Yeah, I they, love the, it. The, the, the Dole Whip, the size of the serving they give you compared to what you get at like Disneyland or Disney World is like enough to feed a small family.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that it's funny. We've been to Oahu on a cruise before and we did the whole Pearl Harbor, the Arizona, the Missouri. And so I, I don't feel like that's what I need to do again. But the Dole Plantation, I've not been to. And I want to try a real Dole Whip at the Dole Plantation. For sure.
0: There are plenty of other treats too. They have a whole Dole pineapple menu. Oh,
1: fantastic. Probably Pineapple shave ice, probably.
0: Yeah, or like <laughs> pineapple chicken served in a pineapple. Like it is expansive. <laughs> I would say personally, for me, Waikiki Beach is another one that is maybe a one timer, and that sort of part of downtown Honolulu. It's very touristy. It's worth visiting once. You know, you get to see the statue with all the lays on it, and it see a lot of films and television shows were produced and filmed there, and it's neat. But it's a pretty touristy part of town, and. A A lot of it just sort of feels like any other big town. If you really love to shop, that's the place to go. I mean, they have a Fendi and a Gucci and an Apple store and all of the really high-end stuff. For us, that's not what vacation is about, though.
1: What are the other places you like to, to visit while you're there?
0: So things we love to do that we have gone back and repeated are going to the Waimea Valley And Waimea Falls. It's on the northern side of the island, and it is a really beautiful garden that will teach you a lot about natural Hawaiian flora and fauna. And it's a nice, easy walk. That's one of the best things about this as far as hiking. There are some hikes on Honolulu that are intense. This is paved the whole way to the top. So this is great for, you know, kids, grandma, everybody can go. During non COVID, they even have a shuttle that'll take you all the way up to the waterfall and you can swim as long as the weather is good that the They've had a lot of rain. You can't swim, but there is a hotline number on their website to call if that's something that's important to you. And it's pretty cool. We've we've swum in it one time, which was neat. Um, and we've gone back a few times to do the walk and walk up there. We also really love the Lighthouse Point hike, which is out on the very opposite side of the island from Oahu, and it's another nice, easy hike. It's steep, but it's beautiful, and you can see you can see uh, Molokai and Maui and all the other. Islands out there off in the distance that's really, really tiny on the horizon if it's clear enough. Other cool things we love we love to drive around and sort of experience the food culture. So we love going to the shrimp trucks on the North Shore and, you know, maybe stopping and getting a snack and watching the surfers for a while, the big wave surfers. We love the town of Haliva, which is real small and sort of has this like old town Americana feel. It's where Matsumoto's is, which is one of the most famous shave ice places in Oahu. And if you love craft beer, there is a budding craft brewery scene in the commercial, which is becoming the arts district of Honolulu, which is called Kakaako. Some of our favorites are Aloha Brewing, which has really yummy pizza as well as beer and Hanakoa Brewing. All of these are like almost walking distance from each other too. So if, if that's something that interests you, it's really easy to get a little short, you know, sort of pub crawl in. We also love the Aloha Swap Meet, which is at Aloha Stadium if you're looking for souvenirs. Tell us tell us about the Aloha Swap
1: Meet. So, for for people who maybe don't know what a swap meet is, it's like a flea market. Yeah, right? it's like a
0: flea market. <laughs> and I would say this one is more like a flea market than a swap meet because it is sort of a mishmash of people selling new things, people selling food, and people selling antiques and you know, used military items. And I mean, you can find some treasures for days, but it's a great place. Like, you know, if you want to take home Lays, or if you want to buy a Hawaiian quilt or, you know, a muumu, or <laughs> any of those kinds of things, it is the place to go. My, my dad is a big fan of swap meets. So every trip that we go with my parents, we go and they're only open Wednesdays and Saturday mornings. And it's a great walk. It's a great, you know, walk, see the weird stuff, maybe buy something to take home for whoever's watching your pets or your kids (laughs) um, and kill a little time. And it's just a couple of bucks to get in per person. So it's a nice, easy trip.
1: That sounds really fun.
0: Other places that we love to go are Turtle Beach is pretty cool. You can actually see turtles at the beach Just by Paradise Cove uh, Luau, which is around the corner from Alani, it's in the parking lot. There's a little path down to that beach and there is a sea turtle who sort of just hangs out there. So if you don't want to make the trip, you can get it a little easier. We also love the Oahu nightlife more in Honolulu. My husband and I own a sound and lighting company. So live music is something we're passionate about. So we are always trying to find places to go in and see people perform and enjoy that cool any favorites so our favorite local musician actually lives on maui his name is Maui, and uh he has performed at the hawaii's finest clothing store in kapolei a few times which is just really close to alani so we have gone and seen him with j Boog, actually who is actually from long beach california but also plays sort of island style reggae music
2: Kate, I'm really curious for our listeners, how long do you think people should go or how long of a stay should people plan to really experience Aulani and Oahu?
0: Sure. So I think if you really are just looking to enjoy the resort and you're not planning on going anywhere else on Oahu, you're just going to chill at Aulani, probably four or five days is plenty. That's enough for you to sort of hit the highlights, have some beach time, enjoy the views and not get bored. I think if you're going, want to experience Oahu and more of what Hawaii has to offer and you're considering renting a car, seven to 10 days is sort of our sweet spot. That's long enough that you really get to decompress from, you know, it's a pretty long plane ride even from California. And so if you're coming from the East coast, that's even more of a commitment to decompress, to have a great time and to go home before your sick of it or before you're missing home too much.
1: So I guess my final question on, on Alani is I, I know you're a DVC owner and you own it Alani. So this might be a foregone conclusion hearing from you, but I, I've heard from some folks that they don't think Alani is worth it because you're paying a premium to stay on a Disney property and there are other options there. And it's not like you're going to have, you know, big Thunder Mountain Railroad right at the resort. <laughs> Tell us, you know, do you think Alani is worth it or, or, or should people be looking at staying someplace else if they want to go to Hawaii or even particularly Oahu?
0: I think that is it worth it? Your mileage is going to vary a little bit. I think if you have little kids and it's not COVID and everything is open, there is some major benefit to things like Auntie's Beach House, where you can send your kids and have a little adult time without them. But it is expensive. It is one of the more expensive hotels, even on Oahu. So if that's not something that's important to you, and you don't need the big pool and the grand beach, maybe it is worth it to stay somewhere else. I think it's worth it at least once, at least for a few nights for most people who are Disney fans to experience. But maybe those few days might be enough for you. And maybe it's time to go somewhere else. I mean, the other Hawaiian islands offer something completely different. So maybe you do a trip that you only spend a few days on Oahu and then you go to Maui and then maybe you go to Kauai before flying home. That's
1: a good point because uh, we've had actually a friend of ours who went to Oahu and was not able to book Lani. This was in the before times, pre-pandemic, because it was full, right? And so they were able to book, I think, one or two nights at Lani, and then they stayed someplace else for the rest of their trip and said that that was a great experience. Uh, we're going in August and we're spending a whole week at Alani, but we're DVC, so we're using we're not DVC owners at Alani, but we're using our our DVC points. And to be fair, we've been unable to, you know, get to any DVC resort for the past almost year now. So we have points banked right now that we need to use, actually. And so for us, it was it was the perfect option because we're not ready to go back to Walt Disney World. We're not ready to fly to Florida. And it feels to us a little safer to fly to Hawaii where there's you know a requirement of testing before you fly um, or before you get there or you have to quarantine that seems like a safer option for us uh, and less crowded obviously than if you're going to one of the parks and then Disneyland not being open we don't even have that option so oh,
0: and Hawaii right now their numbers are actually relatively good as we're recording this they're looking to move into a lower tier of restriction in the next week hopefully fingers crossed but even when it was I mean when we went in November things here in California. California were not going great COVID and numbers wise. And Hawaii, the numbers were still relatively low. But I think that part of that is a cultural thing, that they really see everybody, even you as a visitor, as as family, as you know, one ohana. And so they everybody does wear a mask. You don't see people out and about not following the, you know, requirements that their governor has put in because they do feel committed to. To moving forward.
2: Kate, I'm curious, you mentioned that you own at Aulani. For the folks folks listening to this show who might be DVC owners, do you think it's necessary to own at Aulani in order to book a room there for DVC or is it just a nice to have...
0: Unless you'd really like to go during a peak season, I would say no, it's not a high priority. When we purchased these points, both we knew we wanted to keep coming back here. And it was one of the few places that was available for us to add on. So it was a good time and a good value for us. That brings up a good point, though, that if you are going as someone who's not a DVC owner, this is a great place to rent points to visit. You will get a lot of bang for your buck.
2: Well, Kate, it's been great talking to you about Alani. I think it's that time in our show when we're going to shift over to Rapid Fire. And since Sam has been carrying the bulk of the load on the interview on this show, I'm going to do the Rapid Fire round with you. So our Rapid Fire round is designed to ask you about some of your Disney favorites. There are no wrong answers and there are no rules. So if you have multiple favorites, you don't have to whittle it down to one. And you are... Perfectly welcome to explain your answers or just give your answers and stand firmly by them. It's entirely up to you. So, Kate, we will dive into Rapid Fire with what is your favorite Disney character?
0: Mike Wazowski, hands down.
2: Nice. Nice. <laughs> Love me a
0: good com- comedic sidekick. <laughs>
2: yeah. What is your favorite Disney movie?
0: This is a really hard one for me. That so many. I would say Monsters Incorporated, but I'm gonna give you a full Disney answer because that's sort of the Pixar cop out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Mulan, oh. but, but the animated. Yeah, yeah, Not for the live sure. Action. Not the live action. <laughs> <laughs> agreed.
2: Agreed. What is your what is your favorite Disney song?
0: I think I'd actually say you'll be in my heart.
2: Oh. Favorite Disney park. And this can be any park worldwide. What's your favorite Disney park?
0: All right. I'm going to pick two and cheat. I'm going to say California Adventure in California, and then I am going to say Animal Kingdom in Florida.
2: Nice. Nice. California Adventure is definitely probably my favorite Disney park, although we haven't visited any of the international parks yet. So favorite land?
0: Disneyland Adventureland. Nice. Disney yeah. World. New Fantasyland, maybe?
2: Favorite classic ride or attraction, and you can define classic however you would like.
0: Okay, Pirates of the Caribbean, 100%. But the one in Disneyland, we owned a VHS tape of this when I was a kid that I made my mom rewind to the beginning of the Pirates of the Caribbean segment so many times (laughs) that we broke the VHS tape. (laughs) Oh my
2: goodness. Yeah, I prefer the one at Disneyland for sure. Favorite modern ride or attraction, and again, you can define modern however you would like.
0: Maybe Flight of Passage. The technology is so cool.
2: Favorite Disney snack?
0: Churro, but only the Disneyland ones. Yes.
2: Yeah, they make the them better. The Disney
0: World ones
2: are not If you've good. only
0: been to Disney World and you've never had a Disneyland churro, your life will be forever changed.
2: We're going to switch over to Disney Cruise Line here for a second, Kate. And what is your favorite Disney ship?
0: I think the Dream, though I have a soft spot for the Wonder because we got married on it, but I really prefer the larger ships
2: favorite rotational dining restaurant on board a disney ship
0: animators palette for sure
2: yeah super fun okay your favorite disney souvenir
0: so every time we go anywhere not just disney i buy a christmas ornament on every trip so probably that that i buy one you know whenever we had the most fun doing that trip i look for an ornament that signifies that and we hang it on our tree and remember all those good memories
2: Well, speaking of memories, the last question rapid fire here is your most memorable moment from a Disney trip.
0: Should I tell you a good one or a funny, terrible one?
2: You can do both. (laughs) You can do both. Both. It's your rapid (laughs) fire round.
0: All right. So I have two funny, terrible ones. Once we had to pay for an entire extra day at Old Key West because my husband had food poisoning so bad that we needed to be able to stay in the room until we went to the airport. We were... I was scared. We weren't even going to make it to the airport. Oh, my goodness. Luckily, it was fine. And it was not a Disney World restaurant. So you're safe. And I won't shout out the Orlando restaurant at fault. Um, My second terrible one is I... A few trips ago at Disney World, managed to accidentally call nine one one while on Expedition Everest. <laughs> <laughs> so we got off the ride, and I like got my phone. They had hung up by the time we were off the ride. We got off the ride, and I got my phone out of my bag, and I am getting this weird phone call from an Orlando area code. And I answer it, and they're like, "Hi, ma'am. This is the Orlando Fire Department. Are you okay?" <laughs> yes, we're good. <laughs> Sorry, You're like, I just got off Everest, so I'm a little nauseous, but otherwise I'm okay. I'm sure they're hearing screaming the entire time this call is picked (laughs) up. It was terrible.
2: She said, I am not okay. That Yeti was not working and I want them to come.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Best Disney memory. Uh, Taking my niece to Disneyland for the first time was super, super cool. She was only two and we walked through the tunnel into main street and Mickey mouse was standing right there with no line and just seeing her eyes get so big and just stand there staring at him. Like she was too terrified to even say anything, but she was so excited. It's one of the coolest things. That's,
1: that's the, that's the kind of magic that, that makes us, you know, come back over and over again.
0: Yeah. And that only, only Disney.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
2: Well, Kate, it has been fantastic talking to you all about Alani. I am certainly much more excited for our Alani trip now. We've been wanting to go there for a while, as Sam hinted at the front of the show. And so it's 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 great to hear about your experience and it's certainly certainly making me much more excited for our vacation. So thank you for coming on and talking with us.
0: Yeah, of course. You guys are gonna have the best time. <music>
2: Well, I don't know about you, but I am now even more excited to make the trip to Olani. Uh, Sam and I are heading over there with our son in late July, early August. I think a few of you have already mentioned you may be there at the same time, so we can't wait to meet up with you. But this episode is just making me really excited to see Olani. I'm hoping even more things start to open up at Olani as things progress here a little bit. So, But we're, we're just really excited to head over. We really appreciate Kate coming on and sharing all of her wisdom and knowledge about Olani, having been over there five times now. And it sounds like there's just a lot of great stuff to do at Alani and a lot of great stuff to do in the area. So, well, at this point, we don't have any new five-star written reviews over at Apple Podcasts to read on the air, but I just want to encourage everyone out there, if you're listening right now and you're enjoying the show, please support us by leaving those reviews over at Apple Podcasts to help surface our show to other listeners so we can continue to grow our audience. And, you know, if you're on social media and you're seeing our posts, uh, please amplify them. Let folks know that you are a proud listener of the DCL Duo so that uh, we can continue to grow our audience here. This is a labor of love and we just appreciate seeing the numbers go up and the positive feedback come in to kind of keep this show going. So with that, thanks to each and every one of you out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also leave us those reviews over at Apple Podcasts. They're really important in helping us grow our audience. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at DCL Duo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content or join the DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group where you can join a conversation with like-minded DCL duo fans and cruisers like yourself, the DCL duo podcast and blog are not affiliated with Disney cruise line, the Walt Disney company, or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney company or Disney cruise line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night.